Welcome to the All Football Podcast. I'm Josh McSwain here with my co-host AJ Torres. We're coming at you with a Super Bowl special. But first, we got a couple other appetizers for you in the world of football. We're going to start out north of the border. Some CFL news came down past few days. Scott Milanovic, the former head coach of the Edmonton football team, resigned to take over as the quarterback's coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And on Monday, February 1st, Edmonton brought in a new head coach, Jamie Elizondo. Elizondo coached current Edmonton quarterback Trevor Harris in Ottawa. So it makes some sense for me that he comes in, he gets the head job, have some chemistry together. This season in the CFL, it's just going to be really chaotic because so many different players have come and gone, haven't played in a long time, lots of new schemes coming in. I imagine it's going to be all over the place. So I think having some continuity here could give Edmonton an edge as they head into this summer and start with their next slate of games. It seems about the best they could do at this point. Milanovic was a former Grey Cup winning head coach, lifting the trophy with the Argonauts in 2012. So I thought he was a good hire at the time, you know, get a coach that's been there and done that. But for the situation that... Edmonton was currently in where the market was cold. You didn't have a lot of candidates out there to get Elizondo. I'd say it's not bad. About the best you could do. How many head coaches have been hired and never made it to one game? That is a really interesting question. The only other guy I could think of that in any sport, fit that really. description was Carlos Beltran, who was hired as the manager of the Mets, and then after the sign-stealing scandal broke out, he resigned and never managed a game for the Mets. That's such a Mets thing to happen, isn't it? I mean, not only that, but uh, as far as Mets things, uh, <laughs> you know the owner, Steve Cohen, actually uh, – deactivate his Twitter account after the big uh, stock news, but we'll stay away from the politics. But you would think it would be something sports-related that would make him say, I can't do this. It's painful. I need to talk to my doctor about heartburn and then deactivate it. You know, bad loss, something. Nope, didn't even make it to spring training. Golly. Yeah, although it should be noted that Milanovic had held the position for over a year. And just very unusual circumstances prevented him from coaching a game. But it is what it is. He's in good health, right? Yeah. Milanovic didn't have health issues, and he'll be on an NFL staff, so you know he's going to be up for it. I, I, I always make sure of that. I really do. Yeah, it's definitely because that a went good Because that will give him a pass for. Right. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot more CFL news coming at you as the season ramps up. I've been waiting a long time to get some CFL balls north of the border. It's pretty good up there. So just about four, four and a half months, and and we'll be there. Can't wait for it. Hopefully they'll have a name by then, right? Oh, yeah. Edmonton said they'd have a new name this spring, so 
Hoping that's still on track. Oh, yeah. Yep, coming back south of the border now. Big news from the NFL is Matthew Stafford got out of the purgatory that is Detroit and will be a member of the Los Angeles Rams in 2021 as the Rams sent two firsts, a second-round pick, and Jared Goff back to Detroit. Detroit, who has Dan Campbell as their head coach, bite your kneecaps off, and rebuilding yet again. So, the Rams, obviously they've sent around their next 27 first-round picks away, something to that effect. Obviously, they're going all in. Realistically, I think the Rams should be a Super Bowl favorite next year with this move, but they realistically have two years, I think, to win a championship because Donald is not going to be a beast forever. I think he probably has a couple more years at his dominant game-wrecking form. I have Matthew Stafford, who will be in his mid-30s after two seasons, I believe. And they had the number one defense in the league this year, so the time is definitely now for them. It's now or never. About this trade, I do question some of the moves that Sean McVay uh, makes. Uh, I do question about uh, Brandon Cooks. I do question about uh, what happened with Todd Gurley. And I'm not sure because it seems like him and Goff were throwing shade at each other. I mean, at the end of the day, there is an upgrade of going to Matt Stafford over Jared Goff. Absolutely, it's an upgrade. Definitely. So then all that team has to do is work on offensive line. And I think this is going to be a very interesting... uh, NFC West, because if you think about the Seahawks being there for a while, the Cardinals are, you know, one good draft away and it can happen. That's going to be the best division in football. Oh, yeah. It could be crazy out there. And once again, all four teams have a good chance of getting in. I thought we were going to say that maybe once. No. I think all four teams might get in especially with the new format. It's totally possible. But to your point about Gurley, after his big-time 2018 season, which he had 17 touchdowns, 1,251 yards, and averaged almost 5 yards per carry, in 2019 he dipped down to 3.8 yards per carry, and this season in Atlanta he averaged 3.5 yards carry. So with McVeigh. He might have thought that Gurley had peaked He's since, you know, he had some big years, but he was always seemingly nicked up. So maybe he thought, you know, let's bring in a younger guy, someone more durable. And, you know, maybe he just felt that Gurley was not worth what he was going to get paid. And so McVeigh moved on. Unfortunately for McVeigh, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, they didn't really seize the number one back job, so they really need to find a guy who's going to solidify their backfield. I think it's Akers. I just think he needs to stay healthy. I mean, he got banged up a lot. Right. Now you're going to need a deep threat in L.A. for Stafford to show off his big arm. You think they have a guy like that on their roster currently? Uh, No. (laughs) I'm sorry, a, a, a guy to catch the ball to? A guy to catch the ball from? 
Yeah. You know, I think Cup and Woods are a good duo. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, I'm not sure who's available. But they definitely got somebody to catch the ball. It might be Higby. It might be Cup. It might be Woods. Um, there might be probably somebody else that's going to emerge from that wide receiver tree. I mean, if you looked at some of the things that Stafford has worked with, I think he'll be doing just fine. And I think there's going to be some throws that golf couldn't make on a consistent basis. Right. So, But anyways, with the deep threat, do you think Robert Woods would be that guy? Or Josh Reynolds? Someone that you got to stretch Reynolds, the field yeah. with, with Stafford. You know, I'm kind of thinking about it, and those guys are quality. I think one thing they're going to have to try and find, and it's going to be very hard with their draft capital, if you're going to put uh, Stafford there, I think this team only needs two upgrades, and that is you need to tool that offensive line because uh, it's just uh, getting a little uh, old, a little beat up, needs improvement. And then I think you need a good, uh, speedy wide receiver. You know, a Jefferson, a Claypool, something around that. A fast guy who could catch and be productive. Now, whether if a guy like uh, Reynolds steps up or not, he could completely change my mind in that regard. We just don't know the full depth because of the college, uh, because of the college scheduling, X amount of games being played. That sort. Like, do you know about the offensive depth that was in the 2020 draft, if you think about it? Yeah, it was pretty good. Do you want me to name you the running back and wide receiver options and then all the quarterbacks that I think uh, made a difference? Go right ahead. Okay, let's go quarterbacks. Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Love, Hertz. We got Eason, Fromm, Luton. Danucci, and then in that playoff game, uh, is he in here? Huh, not in there. Moving on. Running back, Clyde, Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon, Zach Moss, Joshua Kelly. Let's see, we got uh, P. Ryan, we got D.J. Dallas, who... I really think is going to be replacing uh, Chris Carson. But then wide receivers, you got Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, Rieger, Jefferson, Ayuk, Higgins, Pittman Jr. Uh, what's that? Uh, Chenault, Hamler, Claypool, Van Jefferson. Maybe he steps up for the Rams. Yeah, he Mims, could. Antonio Gibson, Gandy Golden. I mean, the wide receiver depth is probably some of the deepest I've seen. I mean, Isaiah, uh, let's see, Coulter from the Texans. Who knows what he's going to be? Peoples-Jones. Let's see, K.J. Hill's in there. And, yeah, completely stacked offensive draft. Yeah, it's true. You got some good Although, tight ends in there. Some of those guys you mentioned, like Antonio Gandy-Golden, was hurt a lot of the season, but... Maybe he, used either. he could step up. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there. The other thing with the Rams is that Brandon Staley left to become the head coach of the Chargers. So maybe the defense steps back just a little bit next year, but they still have tons of talent. And 
I think there's going to be a lot of people still scared of this unit come 2021. So, yeah. Vey's developed a lot of guys. I think he's going to be a powerful threat. Definitely. I mean, right now I'd have to say that the Rams would have to come into 2021 as the favorite in the division. Favorite in the entire NFC, that's a bit of a stretch. Obviously, there's a lot to happen between now and then. But, you know, Green Bay, assuming Rodgers is back, still be a threat. Tampa Bay, assuming Brady doesn't retire, which I don't think he will, still would be a threat. A lot to be determined between now and then, so I won't get too far down that rabbit hole. But yeah, this is a bold move and definitely an attempt to win now. And for Detroit, they get some good pieces to try and accelerate their rebuild under Campbell. Goff is probably not going to be the long-term guy. He's probably just there to keep the seat warm for whoever Campbell ends up wanting. They need too many pieces. They certainly do. Offensive line, I think both their wide receivers are free agents. That's, I believe, Marvin Jones and Galladay. You got Swift in the backfield, okay, but you don't build a run on running back. Your first-round pick was a complete bust. So this needs a big turnaround. Yeah, so it seems like we're both in agreement that it's going to be a while before they contend. But even now, they, let's even though they got the seventh-round pick still, too much. Yep. But now let's move on to the big game. Two teams that are no stranger to this type of game. Super Bowl 55 going to be in Tampa Bay between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Tom Brady will be in the Super Bowl for the 10th time. In case you don't already know, now you do. He has twice as many Super Bowl appearances as the next quarterback on the list in the history of the game, which is John Elway with five. Brady is essentially in the Super Bowl every other year, looking over the course of his career. And Mahomes is in his second in a row. This is a very interesting matchup for me. We saw what happened in the regular season when these two got together in Tampa Bay. Chiefs got off to a really big lead and looked like they were absolutely going to blow Tampa out of the water. Mahomes had 350-plus passing yards in the first half alone. Tyreek Hill had 200 receiving yards in the first quarter, and no one thought it was going to end up a three-point game, but it did. Bucks came back, made it close, but obviously they couldn't get the win that day. I don't expect this type of game will happen again. I think the Buccaneers are going to be better prepared this time, and it should be closer throughout the game. Would you agree with that? I do. I think this that this is going to be a close game. Uh, yeah, this is going to be close. I am, as you can imagine, though, stressed out as all living hell. I've been keeping away from the coverage for a reason. Yeah, I can imagine why. And my main concern, when it was garbage time, why didn't you take the starters out? The main reason I say this is because, listen, I don't want Tyreek Hill hurting his hammy again. And what happened to Eric Fisher? Torn Achilles. 
Yep. We're not going to be seeing him until maybe 2022 at best. Sure enough, the most important game of the year, he will be out. And that is a big worry. Because the offensive line now, congratulations, Reed. It is Swiss cheese. This is an accident waiting to happen. Could potentially be a total disaster. Tampa Bay's pass rush is no joke. And they're going to have to figure it out. They have an extra week to figure it out, thankfully. But I got to see adjustments in the big game. Coach Reed can't be looking at his menu called a playbook. This has to be the big deal. If Mahomes is being burnt on staying in the pocket, you're going to have to figure out shorter passes. And if they're smart, don't put a linebacker on Travis Kelsey. I feel like a lot of people do that, and it's just, uh, well, it doesn't work, essentially. No, it does not. He's not going to burn them, per se, but it's just not going to be good enough for him. Because if Kelsey's going to run a quick slant or a stop and go or whatever else, he catches the ball, he takes contact well, and he's just going to get yards. I mean, he's the favorite target to go to right now because in the short pass, he's the guy. He's just a... Even though it took some time to develop and figure out who he was, this is a generational tight end. He certainly is. My main concern is Tom Brady is the best third-down quarterback of all time. You have to watch out. You can't let off the gas pedal on defense. You got to play smart. You can't play too aggressive because you know that the flags are not going to be, you know... I mean, they were conservative last year, but anytime Tom Brady's in a Super Bowl, they're going to pull the Johnny call on him. And since that this is in Tampa and Tom Brady's playing, I might need a sick bucket. It's disgusting. Yeah, I guess we'll see on that one. I think the biggest key to this game for Tampa Bay is actually their run game. Ronald Jones was decent this year. He averaged 5.1 yards per carry, but a lot of that came in that 98-yard touchdown run in Carolina. You take that one play out, it drops down to 4.6 yards per carry. There you go. So ultimately with him, they got to have a consistent running attack. The Buccaneers have to be able to keep the Chiefs' defense honest, because if they don't, then it's game over. Even though Brady is... The best ever play, greatest, however you want to say it, to be honest. Like, you know, he can't win it by himself. Another key factor is going to be Antoine Winfield Jr., Buccaneers rookie safety. He missed the NFC Championship game. Is he going to be healthy for the Super Bowl? How is he going to do? But again, like you mentioned, Buccaneers have a great pass rush, had 48 sacks, which was top five in the league. And now, no Eric Fisher guarding the blind side. I think this could severely limit the Chiefs' ability to hit those big plays down the field. And if that happens, that could be really problematic, because like we talked about a couple months ago on this show, limiting Kansas City's big plays is a must if you're going to beat them. It's not an easy thing to do, but certain teams have been able to do it. you got to be able to convert on third down if you're both these teams. 
And you also got to watch out for the deep ball. I haven't seen Brady air out like this in, well, ever. True. You also look at the start of December for Tampa Bay. They were 7-5 and five at one point. And people were wondering what is going on. And then after that, they started to really get it together. Brady is doing well right now. I say that even in light of his three interceptions last week. Overall, he's been very good. And, you know, in a game like this, like you said, never count him out. And both teams play very well from behind as well. Yep, they sure do. Kansas City, that divisional game against the Browns, that was a white knuckler because... You didn't know what was going to happen. The Browns looked like they had a chance but just couldn't pull it off in the final few minutes. Chad Henney came in, got the Chiefs over the hump, and then I didn't know what to expect against the Bills, but Kansas City pretty much dominated that game, let's be fair. Fully healthy Patrick Mahomes is going to be very hard to beat. I think we both would acknowledge that. The problem being is uh, this year he's had the most dropped interceptions. In all football, the most dropped interceptions. That's usually a statistic you don't hear about, the what-ifs. But he's going to have to control where he throws the deep ball. Unlike Chad Henney, that deep ball where he tried to dagger that game against the Browns and ended up being a floater to a defensive back. Also seen on the injured list for the bye week, uh, Eric Fisher out, obviously. Uh, It seems like uh, Willie Gay also out. Questionable. Le'Veon Bell, okay, don't care. Rashad Fenton with a foot injury, very concerned. Legereus Sneed, very concerned. uh, Wondering if he's going to clear concussion protocol. And then Sammy Watkins with a calf injury. Listen, no matter what, Sammy Watkins is gone after this year because if you haven't noticed... McCole Hardman and Byron Pringle essentially replaced them tenfold. Right. I think Hardman has replaced uh, Watkins' production all year. Now, granted, Sammy Watkins was big in the Super Bowl, and he was, you know, he had a couple of moments, but it just goes down to, is it worth having all these uh, little shines? It's kind of like you have a light bulb plugged in. It's like, okay, if you only work three times a week, are you worth it? Right. I mean, we shall see, but I just think that there's other guys that are capable. I don't want this big thing to be like, oh, it's a noticeable injury. Le'Veon Bell, noticeable player, out right now. or questionable. I don't care. Seriously. Between Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown... You want to know how many times these guys have actually scored touchdowns? You could probably count them on the bad hand of Jason Pierre-Paul. I don't want to hear any of this garbage of, oh, these guys were cut, look at the Steelers, They they should look like jokes. No, it's a business, it happens. The Steelers robbed the Raiders blind, and they were smart to let go of Le'Veon, who's never been the same. True. So, what do you got predictions of this game? Well, before we get into that, I just want to go over one small detail some people may or may not care about. Despite the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the home team, they're actually going to be wearing white in the Super Bowl. Now, in Super Bowl 50, the Broncos were considered the home team in San Francisco, 
they wore white and they ended up beating Carolina in that game. A couple years later in Minnesota, the Patriots were considered the home team in that one. They wore white and they lost to Philadelphia. Looking back, it would have been really funny if Minnesota had actually won the NFC Championship game over the Eagles that year. They played the Super Bowl in their home stadium, and yet they're considered the road team. <laughs> that would have been funny to me. <laughs> but anyways. Would that, wouldn't it be strange, like, uh, remember after Baltimore won it all and there was something going on in Baltimore and they come play in their own stadium? Yeah, that was for the season opener. I'm Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, it's kind of similar. It's just like, and your hometown, shut up, let's get this over with. Yep. Maybe it was because the Bucks didn't want to wear their team colors because they lost to the Chiefs in them earlier this year. It is what it is. Really? The Chiefs wore red in last year's Super Bowl. They won, so I don't think they're going to particularly mind wearing their colors again. Although it's actually funny because of the Super Bowl jerseys that they sold after they won, they were white. Interesting. They were white. They, yeah, I actually uh, got one. I'll uh, show you later. It's got a different kind of red for the numbers, and it's got this uh, silver tracing on it. It's pretty cool, but it's definitely not your typical jersey where it's just like, hey, it looks like a regular uh, you know, team jersey. What's the difference? Oh, it just put the Super Bowl emblems uh, ironed on, and that's it. No, this is completely out of the box. Gotcha. Overall, in this game, I've gone kind of gone back and forth. Part of me is thinking that Mahomes is just too good. He can't be stopped. He got back on his horse against the Bills, and they're going to roll. That's what part of me said. The other part of me says that the Buccaneers got it figured out. They're going to have a home field advantage. Their pass rush is going to frustrate Mahomes without Fisher there. And in the end, Brady's still Brady, despite the fact he is, you know, nearing his mid-40s. I mean, I'll be rooting for the Chiefs in this game, but I... Got the Buccaneers winning this game, 31-27. You know, I actually had the same score, same prediction. Hmm. Odd, I know. Yeah, I imagine it'll be a fairly high-scoring game one way or the other. Pass rush for the Buccaneers has to get to Mahomes. If they don't, it's game over. I think Chris Jones is an X factor on the other side because if you looked at him, right, similar to J.J. Watt, there's times where he's had impact and you see it. It's just it doesn't have the statistical numbers to just say, hey, let's go with this. Look at the numbers. This guy's great. Chris Jones clogs up the middle really well, except if you steer clear of him and Brady's always had the quick throws. I mean, we'll see. This is going to be much different than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo that was a deer in headlights when the massive rush came. Yeah, it's definitely true. Another factor that I'm going to close out with is going to be the matchup 
in the Super Bowl of Brady against Steve Spagnolo. Obviously, we all remember 2007 when he was the D.C. and the Giants and held the then undefeated team to just 14 points. Can Spagnolo whip up another batch of magic like that? We shall see. He has undoubtedly been a heck of a, an addition to that coaching staff, and he would have his third Super Bowl ring as a D.C. I hope so. I mean, he really changed the defense around, and I remember when Alex Smith was running the ship. I'm thinking, okay, are we drafting defense? Are we signing defense? I'm thinking, okay, do we got a linebacker? Do we got a defensive back that's consistent? And next thing you know, we signed Sammy Watkins, and I'm like, what? You signed him for how much? And the first year, $22 million was due to him up front. So I was highly annoyed there, as you can imagine. Right. But it just went to the bad defenses, and then he had to have that offense as good as it was. You had to really make up for it. And speaking of defense, uh, I got the injury report for the Buccaneers now. Antonio Brown is, it says, questionable. We have uh, Jordan Whitehead. This is a big piece. Shul- uh, let's see, shoulder and knee injuries, doubtful. Levante, David, hamstring. And we have uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. with his ankle, both questionable. So Whitehead does hurt. David and Winfield absolutely hurt if they are not 100%. But the main concern and the X factor here is the defenses on both sides. Because I think these are both offensive juggernauts. Do I think that we're going to get a similar Eagle and Patriots Super Bowl? I don't know about that. Because that was an absolute offensive explosion. It sure was. I'm not sure if we'll get that this year, but it's possible. It's hard for both of these teams with their offensive uh, weapons to eat time off the clock, you know? Yeah, sure is. They're not big uh, running ball teams. They're passing the middle of the field, get everybody to the line, and keep doing it over and over. And somewhere in there, there's got to be big plays. Yep. It'll sure be a fun game. Can't wait for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though I'm going into this one as a a loss, I just think that I guess the plants can only align for so long. I guess luck runs out. I mean, I don't try to be negative, but, hey, I thought I was in – I thought I was in deep crap, and I thought my team was going to lose this year. And then, sure enough, I see Damian Williams run the dagger in the end zone, and I'm popping a bottle of champagne as high in the the air as I can. Anything can happen. I'm excited, but at the same time, I am an absolute nervous wreck, and I cannot lie or hide it. I just can't. Sure. Zoom. Both of us are going with the underdog Buccaneers in this game, and we'll the be fact back. It's called underdogs. No, ne- never call Brady an underdog. The Chiefs are the underdog in this one. I'm sorry. Well, the betting lines would disagree. 
Ah, the fix is in. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. True. Why, why do you think I haven't looked into this? Remember, they're like, oh, you know, come on, the Patriot way, man. Oh, the guy, uh, he's questionable. Next thing you know, Sunday, oh, hey, man, I feel fine. Now, oh, I'm taping up my wrist or my ankle. No, I'm fine. Every time Brady's been an underdog or there's some sort of BS injury or coach's disagreement, there's uh, a bad culture. and that. No, all of it's been crap this whole time. Everybody's seen it. We've seen the lion through the teeth. It's just how it is. It's just simply how it is. It's yeah. a mockery. Yeah, I'm not going to dispute that. There have been a lot of ruses that have been around for a long time. But anyhow, regardless of what Vegas says or anyone says, it is definitely perilous to bet against the GOAT. But he's going up against someone definitely equal to or better on the other side with Mahomes. Cannot wait to see this game, and we will talk about all of it next week. So, on behalf of AJ Torres, I'm Josh McSwain. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.